what sounds you associate with Christmas. It could well be the carols that we've been singing. And for you, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without attending a carol service like this. Or if you're like my refined and sophisticated wife, her sounds of Christmas are things like Handel's Messiah, which we managed to go and see last Monday at the Queen's Hall. Or, when it comes to Christmas Eve, one of the things that we have to listen to is the carols from Kings, and uh, I think it's on the radio, three o'clock, and then it's on telly around about five, and it has that haunting opening, that lone choir boy singing the first verse of Once in Royal David's City. For Kath, my wife, those are the sounds of Christmas. Of course, if you're not as sophisticated as that and you're more like me and as old as I am, the sounds that you may associate with Christmas might be the sounds that I associate with Christmas. And for me, um, it's like the bells of a particular song that we get from uh, the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? You know, the Live Aid song. Maybe this will remind you. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas. When I hear that, I know Christmas is on the way, or maybe one of the things I have to confess is the other sound for me of Christmas, when I know it's Christmas, is hearing Noddy Holder screaming out, it's Christmas in Slade's song, Merry Christmas, everyone. Now, I know it's giving my age away, and for those of you who are under my age, this is it. Now, you see, that, that for me, that's, that's the sounds of Christmas. It may not be for you. You may not be uh, a crumbly like me who has a fascination for 1970s music. But there you go. We all have our sounds of Christmas. Although, truth be known, I think the main sound, the main sound of Christmas that you hear at this particular season is this. It's, ah, ah. You know, you hear it with the school nativity play when the assembled cast, dressed in their finest tea towels, parade onto the platform of the school, wherever, and the mums and dads and the grandmas and the granddads see what's going on, and the sound is, ah, ah. And I think you hear it on occasions like this, maybe when you came in here and you saw some of the lighting and the candles and the tree that maybe you just go, ah. But actually, let me tell you this. I think that is the wrong noise for Christmas. You see, it's the sound of sentiment. It's the noise of condescension. Actually, I think if we're to be true to Christmas, the noise that we should make is not... Ah, but wow, wow, that's amazing, wow. It's not sentiment, it's amazement. 
You see, the characters associated with the Christmas story that we've been hearing about through our readings, they were never sentimental about it. They were never caught saying, ah. Rather, actually, what you found them going was, wow. They were regularly amazed. It happened when the birth was first announced by the angel to Mary. It was a wow occasion. There was an angel speaking to her. And what's more, he told her that she, a virgin, would give birth to the promised rescuer, Messiah. That's not a ah moment. That's a wow moment. It happened to the shepherds. Angels suddenly appeared to them at night with a glory burning all around them. And that's a wow moment. And the fact that the angels had appeared to them, those folks who were the outcasts and misfits of society, just added to the wow factor at Christmas. Luke actually says this about the shepherds there in Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. When they had seen him, that's the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. It was wow as they heard about these events. And later, a group of Iraqi officials came with a stunning collection of presents for that peasant couple and their young child. Wow. And the same sense of amazement actually accompanied all who were to meet Jesus over his brief time of public ministry in Israel. The word amazed is found 41 times in the gospel accounts. You see, you don't get gooey, you don't get sentimental about meeting Jesus. You were amazed. You were stunned. You let out a wow. You see, they were amazed at the things he said, the things he taught. For example, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 22, it says this, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. But not just his teaching they were amazed at, they were amazed at the miracles that he performed. As Jesus continued his ministry, we read this, Matthew 15, Verse 31, the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. Little wonder they were amazed. Little wonder it was, wow. Matthew 8, verse 27, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. See, they'd gone out onto the water. There was a really bad storm and Jesus had stood up and he'd commanded the winds and the waves to go, to be still. Now, if you've been on the water, you might say, well, that was just a, a lucky coincidence that at the very moment Jesus said that, that the storm finished. Well, well, yeah, but what about the water? If you know anything about the water, if you've been on the water, you know the swell doesn't go. It continues after the storm. I've been on the rough, and I mean the rough end, of a storm after a typhoon as I was traveling through the states of, straits of Taiwan, and I, I prayed to God, God, either let me see land or take me, because the, you know, the storm was like that. But when Jesus calmed the storm, it was flat like that, and no wonder they were amazed. No wonder they went, wow. 
And in Mark 7.37, we're told these people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. They were amazed at his gracious response to everyone he met. They were amazed that he never resorted to violence. They were amazed at a life that was morally pure in every way. Wow! And they were amazed at his claims. This very same one claimed to be none other than God's promised rescuer, the one who had been promised from the beginning. They were amazed that Jesus claimed to be God clothed in humanity. A stunning claim. Wow! And they were amazed that God's plan was for this Jesus to go and die on a cross. They were amazed that he was willing to satisfy divine justice through his own suffering and death on their behalf. They were stunned that God's answer to our rebellion should be nothing less than the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Wow. And on that first Sunday, after the crucifixion, came the greatest surprise ever. The stone had been rolled away from the tomb where the dead body of Jesus had been placed. And the body was gone. And Jesus himself had risen from the dead and appeared before his disciples and many others as the conqueror, the victor, the Lord of all. Wow. You see, Jesus never produces sentiment. When you've met him, there's always a sense of amazement, a sense of awe, a sense of wonder. But I wonder, maybe you here this evening, maybe you've lost that sense of amazement in your life. Maybe there's no mystery left. Maybe you've got everything sorted and you've got everything weighed out and you've got everything measured and you've got everything accounted for and you have an answer for whatever comes your way. There's no sense for you of anything bigger. No, no sense for you of anything greater. No, no sense of anything beyond you. You've lost the amazement. You've lost the sense of Wow. That was the case for Professor Anthony Flew. For over 50 years, this leading academic had championed the course of atheism. You see, he said everything could be explained naturally. And that was until a news report came out saying that the world's leading atheist now believed in God. Actually, it was a result of his biological investigation of DNA. It has shown by the almost unbelievable complexity of the arrangements which are needed to produce life that intelligence must have been involved. Flew said in his video, has science discovered God? You see, he looked at the evidence again and he went, wow. 
And maybe for you, it's just beginning to dawn that there must be more. Maybe you find in your heart there is an ache, there is a desire that you know this isn't all there is. You know that these 70 years or so are not all that you have, that there is a meaning, that there is a purpose, that there is a God who's personally involved, to whom we are accountable for, and before whom we all will one day stand. Wow. John Newton was amazed. For years he'd run away from God. He'd done his own thing. He'd been flogged as a deserter from a British warship before landing in Sierra Leone, where he became a slave to the slave trader's slave wife who lived there. He was actually then rescued by a friend of his father's, and he himself started dabbling in trading slaves. But then on one journey back to England, he encountered such a violent storm that he was sure he was going to lose his life in that storm. And on that journey, he cried out to God, and he cried out to God, God, I know I don't deserve it, but God, have mercy on me. Forgive me for my sins. And God heard him and God answered and that man's life was transformed. He became a preacher of the good news. He became a vigorous opponent of the slave trade. And to describe his experience, he penned those famous words that expressed something of the wonder he felt. Words you can see on screen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You see? Amazing grace. Wow! And it's that amazing grace that has gone on radically transforming the lives of ordinary, mixed up, selfish people like me, like you. You see, and many of us here, we've come to understand the amazing love of God. We've understood that Jesus was willing to die for us. And as we've come to face with the historical Jesus and what he did and what he said, our, our hearts have been melted and our minds have been expanded. And we've come to realize that Christmas is not about sentiment, but it is about a God who is intimately concerned with us. A God of holiness who has himself paid the price so that failures like us could be made clean. A God who still invites people here in Charlotte Chapel in Edinburgh in 2019 to know him and to love him and to follow him. A God who will turn none away who come to him, whatever your past, whatever your history, whatever the things that are coming to your mind right now, this is the God who says, come to me, and I will never, I'll never cast you away. Look, we want you to know this same God, this gracious Lord Jesus Christ, who has brought the wow for so many of us in this place. A couple of things can I suggest. One, there's a book called The Gift, We'd love you to have a copy of this. And on your way out, out of those doors, 
uh, these books will be available. They'll be given out. Uh, so do please take one and read it if you would like to read this book called uh, The Gift. But another thing you can do, when you sat down, you probably picked up a little leaflet about a DVD series called uh, One Life, what it's all about. It's Christianity Explored. It's a good, it's a relaxed, it's an informal way over a number of weeks to explore the truth claims of the Christian faith. Gives you a chance to, in a small group context, ask questions, to think about these big things. Now, maybe, by the way, it starts on January the 16th. So you can, you've got time to plan for that and put it in your diary. And, but maybe you're saying, I'm not sure I want to do that. I'd just be a bit scared. Why don't you ask the person who invited you here? Go and say to them, look, would you come with me? Um, and I imagine they could well be uh, up for doing that, for going with you to this course. So um, please pick up this leaflet. It tells you where, it tells you when, and it tells you how you can sign up for the course because there is nothing more important than we should come to grips with the living God who has entered our time and space so that we might know him and love him and have that meaning and joy in our lives that so many of us so dreadfully miss. So I pray God will help you as you think through these things. In a moment or two, we're going to sing our final carol. And uh, afterwards, uh, do remain standing because I will just close briefly in prayer. And then there are going to be refreshments. As we've said, if you're upstairs in the gallery, please go to the big room behind the gallery over there. If you're here downstairs, downstairs area of the hall, then uh, do uh, just hang around here. Um, and food will be made available. So do stay, do chat. If you've got questions that you'd like to ask, that's fine. And there will be, if you want to pray with someone, if you want to talk with someone, there'll be someone at the front, and I'll be going to the door as well. If you want to uh, talk to me, ask me about some of the stuff that we've shared, uh, feel free to do that.